There's no doubt that those of us questioning the existence of viruses and exposing the shortcomings of virology have seen significant progress over the past few years. In 2020, there were mostly blank looks when suggesting to others that there was no evidence that a pathogenic particle called SARS-CoV-2 existed. In 2023, it is rarer to find a COVID-19 researcher that is completely unaware of the missing virus problem. However, due to the onslaught of germ theory and contagion propaganda, even some of my regular audience have been asking about respiratory syncytial virus, or RSV. What is making young children sick if it's not a virus? Let's blow apart the pseudoscience of another Trojan horse that has recently seen face masks being put back on children in Chile. And prepare for another wave of vaccines as purported RSV shots are about to be rolled out into the population as the COVID-19 shots taper off. On the 30th of June this year, Reuters published a news article slash advertisement in their Future of Health section titled USCDC OK's Use of New Pfizer GSK Vaccines for RSV in Older Adults. The story reported that the director of the US Centers for Disease Control and Prevention on Thursday signed off on the use of new vaccines from Pfizer and GSK to prevent severe respiratory syncytial virus RSV infections in older adults. CDC Director Rochelle Walensky endorsed agency advisors' recommendation that adults aged 60 or older get the shots, but stopped short of saying all of that population should get one of the vaccines. It's hard to believe that this is going on in the year 2023. After three years of the COVID-19 fraud and millions of people being duped into taking vaccines, they are still churning out the same script. There's also the fear of missing out aspect thrown in, with not everyone being recommended to get the shot. Well, just yet anyway. Further into the story, we see that Big Pharma, the promoted paragons of humanitarianism, are suggesting that their products will cost up to $295 per dose. But is that a small price to pay when the article also reports that the vaccines are the first approved to prevent RSV, which causes around 14,000 deaths in adults aged 65 and older in the US annually, according to government estimates. In short, no, it is a complete scam, because the number of people these vaccines will save is zero. Zero! The article doesn't provide any links for its claims, but we'll get to the bottom of these myths soon. Over to the ABC News, and the headline in May this year was... What are the symptoms of RSV, and how long is it contagious for? Let's unpack this common cold virus. Ah, uh, common cold viruses, the new rock stars for the germaphobes and globalists. Even on their own terms, the story has changed. When I was at medical school, it was all about alleged adenoviruses and rhinoviruses, with coronaviruses and RSV in the fine print. Now, though, the latter are taking centre stage. The BBC reported in 2021 that after a surge, COVID-19 cases were going down, while RSV cases were soaring. Not only that, but even for the virus believers, these were considered virtually harmless germs not that long ago. 
You can watch my video, Unscientific Human Experiments, where we cover the history of the common cold unit and how these, quote, viruses were barely considered pathogenic. And despite the fact that the unit did not produce any evidence that they had found their alleged viruses, thankfully, no vaccines came out of the unit's 40-year existence. Now the vaccines are coming out thick and fast. ABC News reported that most cases of illness caused by RSV are mild, but it can lead to serious illness for young children, the elderly, and people with immunosuppressive conditions. In other words, press the panic button for the millions of anxious parents and elderly folk out there. The ABC News article continues in its section. What's the treatment for RSV? It can't be treated with antibiotics because antibiotics don't work against viruses. Yes, that's true. An analogy here would be that shotguns don't work against unicorns flying outside your house. If you want to protect yourself, get a double barrel shotgun, have the shells of 12 gauge shotgun, and I promise you, as I told my wife, we live in an area that's wooded and somewhat secluded. I said, Jill, if there's ever a problem, just walk out on the balcony here or walk out Put that double-barrel shotgun and fire two blasts outside the house. I promise you, who's ever coming in is not going to... You don't need an AR-15. It's harder to aim. It's harder to use. And, in fact, you don't need 30 rounds to protect yourself. Buy a shotgun. The article gets to case numbers and claims of contagion, all ramping up anticipation in the game of problem-reaction-solution. And as expected, the solution, or call to action, comes at the end where they mention GlaxoSmithKline's new product, as well as Moderna's plan to get a new mRNA injection approved by the Therapeutic Goods Administration. So the RSV campaign fits the bill for another marketing sales funnel. So let's cut to the chase to find out what the establishment says about RSV. The Wikipedia page states that RSV was first discovered in 1956 when researchers isolated a virus from a population of chimpanzees with respiratory illness. They named the virus CCA, chimpanzee coryza agent. Usefully, they have provided a reference to the paper Recovery of Cytopathogenic Agent from Chimpanzees with Coryza. The paper appeared in the Experimental Biology and Medicine Journal and opened by stating... During October 1955, a respiratory illness characterized by coughing, sneezing, and mucopyrrolent nasal discharge occurred in a colony of 20 normal chimpanzees at the Walter Reed Army Institute of Research. As a side point, I should mention that this appears to be another case of animals getting, quote, human illnesses once they are in captivity. Of course, when several of them get sick at the same time, the one-eyed germ theorists claim contagion as the only explanation. Into the method section, in the quote, isolation of coryza agent section, which states, a fresh throat swab from a chimpanzee involved in the epizootic was washed in two mils of tissue culture, nutrient fluid containing antibiotics. This mixture was then centrifuged and the supernatant was introduced to human liver cells. Because a purported respiratory virus likes the liver, right? After four days, quote, cellular degeneration characterized by rounding, granulation, and sloughing from the tube wall was noted. Serial transmission of the cytopathogenic agent to other tube or bottle cultures of Chang liver cells was readily accomplished by passage of suspensions of degenerated cells in their infected fluids. This is where we need to pause, because at this point, all they had observed was liver cells 
breaking down in test tubes. There was no control experiment, which there should have been, because they make the claim that these are, quote, virus isolation studies. If they physically isolated something, then this should have been the independent variable. But they didn't demonstrate physical isolation, and the design of the experiment was inadequate to show that any viruses were present. What they did was observe cell breakdown, say it was a result of cytopathogenic agent in their samples, and then make up stories that it was, quote, transmitting and infecting things, and thus was a virus. The neutralization tests involving mixing chimps blood serum with the cell culture mixtures were a complete waste of time. They couldn't claim that the serum was neutralizing a virus based on the appearance of the cells because again, no independent variable was established. It was simply mixing one mixture with another mixture. The claim that quote, appropriate cell and serum controls in a virus titration were included in each test is a trap for young players because A, there were too many variables so it couldn't possibly be controlled and B, virus existence had not been established in the previous step. The experiment to induce sickness in chimps was just as wacky. They injected the alleged infected tissue culture mixture up the noses of three chimps and then had a comparison group of three chimps that had an alleged uninfected tissue culture mixture injected up their noses. Two out of the three chimps in both groups were reported to develop respiratory illness and the appearance of antibodies in their blood was independent of whether they showed signs of illness. At this point, you'd think they would admit defeat, but ridiculously, they concluded that not only had they found a virus, but also a specific antibody. At one point, a laboratory worker developed respiratory symptoms, but they couldn't detect any cytopathogenic agent, even with their fraudulent isolation technique already discussed. That didn't stop them concluding that a presumptive etiologic association was established between the new agent and respiratory illness in a laboratory worker. If you want a deeper dive into this paper, which has been falsely presented as foundational evidence for RSV, then I would recommend reading the RSV entry at ViralIG. In the article, Mike Stone also explains the paper invention of a disease whose symptoms conveniently overlap other claimed viral disease entities, such as influenza and COVID-19. What about the alleged pictures of RSV? If we go back to the BBC article, they feature this image, which they say is the virus. But how do they know this? And where did the colour enhanced image come from? The credit states BSIP UIG Getty Images. BSIP is a French scientific and medical image company. UIG is Universal Images Group. And most of you have probably encountered Getty Images at some stage. Already we can see that the BBC is simply reposting internet images without knowing their origins. And they are not alone, as this image is paraded around across the internet, sometimes appearing rotated 180 degrees and with various computer enhancements, but still the same original image. The Washington Times featured the image in November 2022 and provided a little more detail, stating that it was a 1981 photo provided by the CDC, but then lists the source as CDC via the Associated Press file. We searched the CDC archives for the image and found it on this page. It states that the virion is variable in shape and size with an average diameter between 120 and 300 nanometers. Hmm. 
that would be like adult humans having an average height of 1.2 to 3 meters. Interesting. The variants are supposed to be almost exact replicas of each other. The content provider is listed as CDC slash Erskine L. Palmer, but there are no details of how the image was obtained. It's a classic example of how an image is being presented to the world as fact without the media propagators knowing its provenance. However, we can go to another purported RSV image that appeared in a 1973 journal of virology paper with the title Morphogenesis and Ultrastructure of Respiratory Syncytial Virus. The caption for figure 1 states that it shows RSV budding at the surface of vero cells 48 hours after infection. We'll get to the method section in a minute, but you'd be hard-pressed to claim that this image reveals more than vesicular formation from a breaking down cell membrane. Now many of these alleged variants look very different from each other when they are supposed to be identical, but they have an excuse for this and describe many of them as quote, incomplete viral particles. In fact, they reported a quote, superabundance of such particles. Furthermore, they attempt to backfill the story by claiming that the so-called variants are fragile. Does this make any sense? We are told that these particles are highly infectious, can spread easily through the air, that one person can infect 20 others, and once it is inside someone, it destroys the cells of the respiratory tract. And yet, despite all these superpowers, it is difficult to find them intact because of, quote, extreme fragility. There is the additional problem of the process involved in preparing electron micrograph images, which includes various chemicals, dehydration, and embedding the leftovers in resin. It can hardly be said to be tissue in its natural state, and all sorts of artifacts may be produced in the process. You can watch my video, Electron Microscopy and Unidentified Viral Objects, to see some of the other problems with these imaging techniques. However, we can still accept them on their own merits and examine how this tissue was obtained in the 1973 paper. In the method section, it says that the RSV was obtained from the American Type Culture Collection. ATCC lists several purported RSV strains on their website, including a sample that was, quote, isolated in 1961 from the lower respiratory tract of an infant with bronchiolitis and bronchopneumonia in Melbourne, Australia. Now we are back to the same problem. They did not isolate anything that was shown to be a replication-competent disease-causing particle. They simply asserted that such particles were present in a mixed biological sample and now sell the product to others. The scientists who produced these papers are likely victims of the age-old problem of trying to come up with explanations of visual phenomena. It is like the duck-rabbit illusion. Is it a duck or a rabbit? In this case, it is neither, as it is a two-dimensional sketch. And the spinning ballerina illusion is an example of the mind trying to make sense of what appears to be a moving figure. Which way is she rotating? It appears either way, but in reality, the 2D shapes aren't rotating at all. These are simple examples of the human mind making up explanations for visual observations. And when it comes to interpreting two-dimensional images involving complex biological systems, the potential errors increase exponentially. None of these virologists have provided evidence that they have found viral particles such as RSV. They only exist in their imaginations. 
However, do not underestimate that for the average doctor or member of the public, these images are taken as proof that RSV and other viruses have been shown to exist. They do not investigate the unscientific methods that are used or appreciate that images of breaking down cells does not equate to evidence of viruses. Like other alleged viruses, there is no evidence that RSV exists. You can read Virus Mania or access the free resources at drsambailey.com which explain why other elements such as epidemiology, genomics and PCR have also failed to provide scientific evidence for viruses as the cause of disease. Like most so-called viral diseases, RSV has no specific symptoms or signs as they all fall under the common cold umbrella. The claim that a virus can be detected by PCR and antigen assays is scientific fraud because the RNA sequences and proteins are not shown to come from a virus particle as can be seen in the published literature. When it comes to alleged RSV causing illness in young children, the situation is no different than in the 1930s when Dr Ulrich Williams wrote, Few indeed of the childish ailments and illnesses are unavoidable. They are mostly the direct consequence of wrong thinking, wrong feeding and mistakes in general supervision and are therefore a reflection upon the mother's methods. Chickenpox, measles, whooping cough, diphtheria are not diseases of childhood. They are disorders of ignorance and mismanagement. They are not diseases at all. They are acute illnesses and therefore reactions, curative and intent against existing disease. If children were brought up sensibly, they would never occur. Dr. Ulrich Williams, Terrain Therapy. Tragically, many parents are being duped by the germ as the cover story, an imagined external invader that attacks their children. They follow the advice of the medico-pharmaceutical complex and subject their kids to drugs, dozens of vaccines, pasteurized milk, depleted foods and unhealthy environments that starts in utero. When the child becomes unwell, they are satisfied that a boogeyman such as RSV can be blamed. The good news is that there is nothing to fear from microbes, whether they be real bacteria or imaginary viruses such as RSV. The principles of healthy living are found at home and everything we need for complete nourishment has been provided by nature. Those that continue to follow the false god of vaccines, including the latest RSV product, will get even sicker as they disconnect from healthy living even more. I hope that you'll continue on the journey with me as we expose allopathic pseudoscience and move towards better health. If you enjoyed this video, please visit supportdrsam.com 